You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You're listening to Orange and Blue Bloods. Hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beard. Let's get to it, New York. Okay, so it is feeling more and more like a formality that the Warriors free agent guard Dante DiVincenzo will be joining the Knicks this offseason. Jake Fisher of Yahoo Sports adding fuel to that fire, reporting this morning as we record on Tuesday that there is, quote, growing noise among league personnel about DiVincenzo joining former Villanova teammates Jalen Brunson and Josh Hart in New York. So we talked about uh, Dante uh, a little bit. In the past, uh, in the previous episode we just did uh, last week, talking about some of the uh, rumors that were going out there that the Knicks were indeed interested. That was from uh, Ian Bagley. And now you got uh, Jake Fisher, Yahoo reporter, saying that the, the talk around the league is that DiVincenzo will be joining the Knicks this offseason. So thinking about this from more of a formality standpoint, of course, nothing is written in stone, so we'll see what happens. But let's just say DiVincenzo is signed to the Knicks. And we'll talk about maybe – the money in this next you know couple of minutes but putting him on this roster as currently constructed how do you see DiVincenzo fitting into this rotation okay so we'll 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 table the the money talk for a minute yeah here's here's my thing final game of the Knicks uh 22 23 season game six in Miami you know the five starters Brunson Randall Barrett Grimes and Mitch Rob um Hart and and Hardenstein and Obi coming off the bench um, so seven of those players played more than 18 minutes. The five starters plus Harden, Hardenstein, Obi played 12, and, and Deuce McBride got three minutes. Um, you know, so that there's your nine-player rotation. If DiVincenzo comes here, who does? He, where does his minutes come from? You know, in other words, if you're signing a guy to a right. mid-level extension and he's agreeing to a mid-level extension, over plenty of teams will offer. You know, essentially, I don't, I don't say every team that, that that can offer a mid-level extension would be willing to give DiVincenzo uh, th- that contract to him. Um, but he's in the, an elite class of that type of player. Um, so, you know, would he be comfortable coming into that? You know, um, you know, would just Tibbs tell him, listen, I'm going to 10 guys next year. Um, but even, even in that scenario, you know, do you, do you reduce heart? Do you reduce hearts minutes? Do you reduce crimes minutes? Do you reduce IQs minutes? And, and, and obviously, as I mentioned, those seven guys doesn't include Emmanuel quickly, who's the sixth man of the year. Um, right. so I just, that's the only thing that's the only, the, 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 the other, and, and the one other thing we talked about last year is re- remember, even Chenzo had to settle for four, for a $4.5 million contract last year. Yeah. 
Um, and part of it was because he didn't live up to expectations uh, in, in Milwaukee and then uh, it, during a short stint in, in Golden State. Uh, I'm sorry, a short stint in Sacramento. When uh, Sacramento, traded, yeah. When he got traded to the Kings, um, you know, it, you know, coming into his career, I was looking at the numbers today over his first three years of his career, he shot below 35% from three-point range. Um, the, the, the prior season to, before signing um, uh, with Golden State, uh, he was, I think he was, you know, shot 35% from the floor. That's, that's, that's not, you know, that's 42 games between the Bucks and the Kings. It was injury prone, had a poor assist to turnover ratio, 2.8 to 1.7. So, um, you know, are you, are you buying high? And that's, that's something we've talked about here. How much do you attribute to his career high efficiency numbers to playing alongside Steph and Draymond and Clay um, and those guys? So those are the things that, that give me, that give me pause. Um, but again, he's a competitor. He's a grinder familiarity comes from a winning program, um, the relationships with Brunson and Hart. Um, I think all those work in his favor. So I wouldn't be opposed to bringing him in again. My, my, my biggest concern essentially, um, is finding enough minutes for him. And I, you know, it's, it's sort of like, you know, starting pitching, you can never have enough of, you know, effective, uh, you know, guys that contribute on both ends of the floor. He's not a plus defender, but he's not a negative either. Maybe a little bit above average defensively and has some versatility, can guard point guards and shooting guards and, and some small forwards. Um, so, uh, you know, in, in a vacuum, I like the player. I like the, you know, I, I like the fit in New York in terms of culture and attitude and IQ and competitiveness, et cetera. I'm just not sure if it makes sense for both sides unless there's other moves to be made. In other mm, words, is this the if they sign DiVincenzo, does that mean that another moves on the horizon? Yeah, I think I have a sneaky suspicion that maybe there is, and I'll get to that in a second. But on the DiVincenzo front, look, DiVincenzo, you talked about his 2022 season where you're talking about shooting 35% from the field in you know, mixed action with the Bucks and with the Sacramento Kings. One thing is that is important about DiVincenzo's story is, remember that year the Bucks won a championship 2021, he did not play really in those playoffs. He had a serious injury, a, a torn ligament in his ankle. Uh, they thought he'd be ready to come back in the next season. I don't think he was ready at all. I think that's why you saw those numbers suffer so greatly when he came back. He was ineffective for the box. They shipped him out to Sacramento. And the thought was, well, you know, he's had some time to get right and he'll play better here. He'll have more opportunity here. And I think Sacramento looked at him as a guy saying, you know, hey, we're trying to build a winning culture here. This is a guy we want to keep. And he played really poorly for them. So they said, take a hike. We, we don't want him back. So he goes, he goes to the Warriors this past season. He starts 36 games this year. You know, some of those with Steph and Clay having injuries and has a really solid season. The question to me is, is he, you know, kind of moved past and, and, and gotten beyond that injury he had in 2021 that suffered, uh, that greatly impacted his numbers in 2022? Is he a different player? Or like I said in the last episode, is he a guy who – benefited from being in a great situation where you're playing with Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson in the Steve Kerr offense, and you're getting a lot of wide open looks. Um, defenses are running <laughs> like madmen to try to chase Curry and Poole and, and Thompson in the three-point lines. You're the guy getting these great looks. Does that change when the guy stretching the floor with you is Josh Hart? <laughs> Does that change and the guy stretching the floor with you is Obi Toppin? Like, these are real questions I think that you have to ask. And I don't know if we quite know the answer. I mean, again, the only other team he played with that he had a lot of success with was Milwaukee. Again, another team, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Chris Middleton. Like he's, you know, for one season, Drew Holiday. Like another team where you're Drew Lopez. You're running around trying to keep Giannis out the paint and then chase those other guys. So Deep Chungo is the guy that ends up getting good looks. 
those those have been the best years of his career. So who is Dante DiVincenzo? I don't know if it's necessarily this like slam dunk that he's definitely like a baller. Now, I do think that he's a grinder. I do think that he's a hustle guy. I do think that he's a guy who plays the right way. How effective will he be? I think it's a little of a question mark. Which is why, like, I have not been that keen on the Knicks, like, this being the guy that they give yeah. essentially maybe their full mid-level exception to. Like, right. I look at what the Knicks were missing last year. I don't think it was guts and guile. I think a lot right. of people thought this was a pretty tough physical team. I think you look at this team and said they need more shot creation and they need more shooting. Uh, and then probably some more perimeter defense, and maybe even Chesler could help you with that. Right. But those first two things maybe being the first things on the docket, the DiVincenzo add to that, uh, I'm a little skeptical, I'll be honest. Yeah, I mean, listen, if you can sign Seth Curry for $3 million or DiVincenzo for twelve, uh, you know, like, if, 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 if you, again, this is kind of fitting pieces into a roster, a ready-made roster. Um, I, I don't know, you know, uh, again, you know, obviously DiVincenzo is a better player and, you know, there's, yeah. there's, you know, there's, he's, he's more versatile, but, uh, you know, Watanabe, Javon Carter, Tory Craig, Ingles, um, you know, uh, Kendrick Nunn, there's just some other names that are floating around there that you could potentially get at a steeper price where you don't have that same competition. Um, and for precisely what the Knicks need, which is, you know, you could argue, you know, more of a spot up shooter that's going to knock down the, knock down open threes and kind of spread the floor. Um, you know, DiVincenzo doesn't have a career. And, and the fact that two organizations, two franchises basically gave up on him inside four years of being drafted um, is, is not an overly encouraging sign. But I think you make a good point that has to be taken into consideration. Um, was that, you know, 21-22 disappointing season due primarily to ankle injury rushing back and not being quite set. And, yes, playing alongside Steph Curry helped, but so did being healthy and maturation. Right. Um, and, you know, he's, he's, he's going to be 26. He was 26 years old. Um, uh, so, you know, he's, he's not a youngster. Um, he does fit the Knicks timeline in that um, he can win now, but also, you know, part of their kind of youth and, and development culture. I think the positives for signing him um, are that worst case scenario, he's not a fit in terms of minutes and, and, and stylistically and, you know, Tibbs and et cetera. He still will have trade value six months from now, a year from now. Yeah. Um, so it's not like you're inking him to this big long-term contract, hoping that he's, you know, going to help, you know, turn the franchise from loser to winner it's more of an ancillary complimentary piece so if he doesn't quite fit um you can shake things around and again guys at that contract level um as we've seen and again we talked about it for the first couple weeks uh since the season ended and you've already seen it guys this new cba is no joke um it's why the atlanta hawks dumped john collins for a second round pick um, it's why the Wizards couldn't get Brad Be- more than a, you know, didn't get a single first round pick in exchange for Brad Beal. A lot of pick swaps and, and he had a no trade clause and all that stuff's factored into it. Um, but again, this is a new day and age in the NBA um, where, where salary structure is really, really important. Um, so having a player that's uh, that that's a that, that is a positive, um, potentially uh, make a positive impact on both ends of the floor. And he did have a positive plus minus in Golden State last year. Um, he did. Uh, I looked at his defensive numbers. They gave up three fewer points with him on the floor than with him on the bench. Um, so you know, again, there's a lot to like there. It certainly wouldn't be a bad signing by any means. Um, but I'm like you. Um, I can be talked into it. I'm not opposed to it, but I'm not. Oh my God, this is the piece that's going to put the Knicks yeah. over the top. Um, I think there are some some questions there in terms of uh, opportunities, minutes played, fit, and, and all that stuff. Um, but again, you know, if you're if you're talking about 
this is the best opportunity you have, um, then that it's certainly worth considering. Would Bruce Brown be a better fit? A little bit more of a defender, a little bit more of a glue guy. Um, yeah. You know, all, all those things. And 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 to your point, you don't have to spend that twelve point two million all in one place. You could spend four here, five there, and this kind of gives you a little yeah. bit of uh, a little versatility, a little insurance. Um, so you know, we'll, we'll see what. I mean, you know. Do you think that Dante gets the full twelve? I think it, I, I think yes. I, I think because if he does, if the Knicks don't give it to him, other team will. So I think the mm -hmm. Knicks will be forced to, um, uh, you know, uh, the Knicks will be forced to go there. Essentially, um, they might not like to, and you know, he probably would be willing to sign for maybe ten. But when he looks at the numbers, you know, six million over four years as agent, and then the rest of them will tell him, listen, um, I understand if you want to play with Brunson and, and Hart in New York, but um, let's go to the Pistons and get our full twelve. You know, <laughs> yeah, they just want to get want to get that full commission yes uh, for detroit and then take a take a less take less from that standpoint yeah i mean look divincenzo and, and when i saw this news come down and how fisher connected it to playing with josh hart and um jalen brunson part of me wondered if this delay that you have in josh hart in this um in his deadline with his player option had something to do with maybe the knicks trying to back channel and say hey divincenzo like what's the number that we can get you at right. Um, right. and, and how can we make sure we're under the luxury tax, but have enough for the full mid-level exception? Like they, the Knicks could be kind of maneuvering behind the scenes, like all of these teams are. Uh, everybody's tampering. Everybody's doing what they have to do to make sure they're ready once that date hits and free agency starts in a couple of days that they, they all know what's going on and what it is. So some of that could be connected. Is there any value, you think, to – like? The Knicks, like the fact that he's joining two Villanova Wildcats, like, is there any value to having a bunch of guys that played on the same team? Like, do you think that that's, I think about, you know, playing like there's a video game, Marvel Ultimate Alliance, and, you know, there are all these characters, and it was, you know, all these different Marvel characters, but you got a bonus. You put, you know, Wolverine, Cyclops, and Storm together. Like, you got a little, a little extra boost to your team because you put three X Men together. Like, even though you don't have to, you could do, you could do Spider Man the Hulk, you know? Like, right. is there any benefit to saying, oh, we should get Dante DiVincenzo because we got two Villanova cats already here and there's some uh, benefit, there's some uh, uh, chemistry that could be built here? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I'm of the belief, actually, that it's probably a little bit underestimated in terms of the mm -hmm. importance of chemistry and, you know, winning, obviously, is the most important thing and having talented players trumps all. But um, listen, you know, if, if you're if you're an office manager and, you know, you'll work at, a, at an Avis or an insurance company, ideally, you're probably your employees are going to be more productive if they enjoy working together, if they enjoy getting up and going to work together. You know, if they don't if they don't bicker behind each other's back and, you know, and hate each other, if they go out for drinks after work. That kind of stuff spills over. I found in my life that it just it leads to a more productive, a, 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 a happier, more docile work environment. Leads to more, leads to more productivity. Um, uh, so I, I yeah, I, I think there's definitely something there. It doesn't necessarily have to be they went to college together. Maybe they are you know work for the same agency, so they spend two weeks in California training together, or they both went to Hakeem's big man camp and developed a relationship, and their you know and their families vacation together. Um, you know things like that. You know uh, we see it in. in um, football often when guys will, yeah. you know, you know, do mini camps, you know, not mandatory, but then they'll go out and, you know, pitch and catch each other for, you know, rent a house in Florida and, you know, get their families together, that type of thing. So I think it can, you know, lead to, um, you know, ha have kind of ancillary benefits. And and one other thing, just as far as the, the money's concerned and you asked if he's going to get the full mid-level, um, assuming the Knicks waived the non-guaranteed contracts of Dewan Jeffries and Isaiah, Isaiah Roby, I did the, the math as best I could. I came, I, I had 
have them right around 11.9, 12 million. So I think they'd be a couple, you know, like a couple hundred thousand short. I don't think that would prevent them from, you know, that's, they, they could offer obviously the full mid-level, but they're, they would be about 12 million under the luxury tax. So that's, you know, maybe they would max out at 12 million and then bump it up going forward. So that's something to keep in mind. I'm sure Brock Aller and those guys have ways to kind of um, manipulate, you know, clear out a couple hundred thousand here or there. Um, but it's, again, assuming they guarantee the contracts of Deuce McBride, which they should, they will. And yeah. Jericho Sims, they should, they will. Um, they'd be just sure they, they wouldn't be able to offer the full 12 million with while staying below the luxury tax. Um, so, so something to keep in mind. Um, again, I don't think that's going to be a deal breaker, but uh, again, I would, I mean, I'm interested to, to, to fit. And if that meant that if they do sign him, does that mean that more moves are on the way? Obviously the one player that's rumored that to potentially get dealt would be Obi Toppin, but yeah. moving Obi doesn't really, you know, I guess you could move Hart to the four, have him play right. some four, have DiVincenzo play some three. Those are, there's some options there, um, but there's not a, you know, of all the players rumored to be potentially on the table, there's not a clear spot to get this guy out, trade him for a future first rounder or two right. second rounders and slot, you know, DiVincenzo in there, but you know, we'll see. The, 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 because we talked about what moves could be happening by bringing DiVincenzo in because you're talking about a guy that essentially he has to be added to the rotation. He's not a guy you would think that would yes. take minutes from somebody. My thought was, what is the future of IQ? I'll be honest. Like, that was where I, my head went because my thing was, and you're not going to give away IQ. That's not happening. But, you know, if you are talking about trades with the Clippers for Paul George, you are talking about bigger star moves that come down the pipe. And you say, you know, why is it so important to make sure you have Josh Hart locked into a long-term deal here? Why is it so important that you get Dante DiVincenzo, another guard, when you have two backup guards already, producing McBride, who doesn't get enough time, as you mentioned, and Emmanuel Quickly, who's six-man of the year. Why is it so vital to get a guy like that who maybe doesn't necessarily fit a need? Well, maybe you just need the bodies. Like, maybe you're going to need guys to fill out a a nine- to ten-man rotation when the dust settles. So that was the one thing I thought about when I saw this. I'm not saying that they're trying to ship IQ out of here, but could Dante DiVincenzo be a little bit of insurance if indeed you do have to include IQ in a trade for one of these stars? I think that is something to pay attention to. That's that's something I hadn't considered. It's a good point. I guess they could potentially work out a sign and trade or something along those lines um, to, to bring even chance. When you get a lot of working parts, that's kind of why free agency is so crazy is because, um, you know, we've seen teams get burns trying to, you know, manufacture signs. That's why in the new CBA, they shrunk the time. It used to be three days. You know, now it's just yeah. out because, you know, teams can kind of get stuck when you, you know, extend a, an offer to restrict the free agent, then you have to actually hand it to them. Uh, we saw that when the Rockets were chasing the Knicks around the uh, Vegas to trying to get Jeremy Lin's uh, contract. <laughs> he feels going down. Deep cut there. Yeah. For, for yeah, I know. That's that's an old school. That's <laughs> old school cut. Did you, did you see on, uh, you know, I, 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 forgive me to the YouTube channel that did interview Baron Davis. I don't remember off the top of my head, but did you see that they talked to Baron Davis? He essentially said that, yeah, the whole insanity thing really messed with Melo's head. <laughs> I, did, I almost I, thought about including it on the show, but I didn't. Yeah, I, maybe we'll maybe we'll talk about it later in the week. But yeah, it was this Baron Davis has some interesting comments about what Lin Sanity was like, um, and and how it impacted the locker room, and again, particularly how it impacted Carmelo Anthony. Very fascinating. Again, maybe I'll tweet it out, uh, you know, after we record this, or maybe after this episode's out, so people will actually know what I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, he talked about that. So deep cut there on the whole uh, end of Lin Sanity, where the Knicks decided not to match Jeremy Lin's poison pill contract. 
Linsanity was a crazy time. Um, one quick factoid, I had an opportunity to interview Clyde um, when they first opened up his restaurant. Um, so they're yeah. trying to get some exposure. So I sat down and had a few apple juices with the, the man, the myth, the legend, Clyde himself. Um, and I asked him, I talked about game seven, um, uh, you know, read limping out of the tunnel. I talked about 73 and yada, yada, yada. Um, and in that, in that context, I asked him, what's the loudest you've ever heard the garden? Was it Larry Johnson's four-point play? Was it Reed stepping onto the floor? And he said, Linsanity. Without a doubt, for him, <laughs> the loudest he had ever heard Madison Square Garden was kind of at the peak Linsanity. I think we you know, we talked about the Lakers game and, and some other games, but he said that was a time unlike any other. And, and he's he has, he's been around the garden for more big moments than, than probably anyone else on earth. Um, so uh, I, I thought that was interesting. As Baron Davis had said in that in that podcast he did, it was essentially like a guy came out of nowhere and became a face of the NBA. That's yeah, essentially yeah. O- only only Knicks, only player in Knicks history to be on the cover of Sports Illustrated uh, two times in a row. Mm. Wow, I didn't even know that's a very interesting yeah time. yeah. I think it's something like that or twice in the same month or yeah. And also the only um, uh, Nick to be on the cover of Sports Illustrated Time magazine the same week. Like it was it was a real thing. 